Welcome back to Sneaking It In Fantasy Football Week 3 Edition. Ryan, how did you do last week? So last week, DFS was interesting. Broke about even, had some ups, had some downs. I probably could have focused a little bit more, but I was a little distracted being at that in Lambeau for that Packers Viking or Vikings Packers game. And yeah, so I, that kind of threw me off a little bit. What was Lambeau like? So field was awesome. Got to give the fans credit there. I was our seats were really good. We were about twenty rows back, and it was we were really close to the field. I will say, people are pretty fake nice there though. So funny thing, I was going to try to get water around the third quarter, and they told me at the concession stand, they told me that they were sold out of water and that the entire field. So it's like ninety degrees out there. You know, you're a little parched, a little dehydrated. I've been drinking some beers. <laughs> some. So okay, I was I was shit faced, but um, there we go. So basically, they go. I go to try to get water, and they tell me they're sold out. I go back to my seat, and I'm sitting around surrounded by Packers fans. Obviously, I'm the one Viking fan with 50 Packer fans surrounding me. Everyone starts coming with waters. They start walking out with full bottles of water, and I'm just like, "Where did you get there?" Like, "Oh, at the concession stand." I'm like, <laughs> "They told me they were sold out." Yeah. I couldn't believe it, and I basically ended up in a situation where I was gonna, you know, I was dehydrated, I was very thirsty for the rest of the game, but I wasn't gonna miss any of it, so I had to just hold strong and rely on beer to quench my thirst. And I'm sure you did, <laughs> but you should have put on Chris's Packer jersey and went and got like. I would never would tarnish the name of the Vikings and put on a Packer jersey. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry yeah. for suggesting it. I can't believe. Bite your tongue, sir. Oh, Bite I'm your sorry. Tongue. I, I, you'll never wear a Packer jersey. I understand. Would you say they were Minnesota nice to you? Well, we were in Wisconsin, so no, they were huge assholes. But Wisconsin nice. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was definitely an experience. The game was insane. I can't believe Daniel Carlson, 35-yard field goal to win an epic game after just an amazing comeback. And, of course, he misses it. What do you think his career is? I don't know. Do you think anyone ever signs him and gives him another shot? Of course. He's a pedigreed kicker coming out of college who had a great college career. Just a bad game. Uh, Vikings seem to have cursed kickers, so maybe he'll take a year off. Maybe someone else will bring him in, but he's not done by any means. He's a fifth-round pick. That's true for a pick. Or for a it's kick. a tough spot, yeah. but the Vikings have a championship-caliber team this year, and they can't fuck with a kicker that misses those. You need to bring in a veteran like Dan Bailey, pay him, pay the man, which they did, and I think that'll be solved. For sure. How would you guys do in fantasy? Well, I did pretty well. I obviously, my hot take last week was Tyrod Taylor. He was not a tie god this week, and currently he's been benched. <laughs> so it's, it's Thursday night as we record this, and he's not a thing anymore. Fortunately, I had a lot of Mahomes and a lot of Ben Roethlisberger and a few Viking stacks that nice. really dug me out of my 1 p.m. hole. How did you do, TJ? I did not do so well. I did have some of Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. I had a lot of DeAndre Hopkins, some Julio Jones, which I expected to do well, but they did okay. The person that really hurt me was Kels, not having him. He was a very prestigious tight end this week. And Mahomes and company, I mean, they they really blew up. Um, I had a lot of, I had some Tyreek Hill, and of course this was the week that he decided to only not get show one up. touchdown. Yeah, only one touchdown. <laughs> no, thank you, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Mahomes, what a jerk. He throws six touchdowns. Tyreek Hill only gets one. How about we throw seven next time and give Tyreek two? 
Totally couldn't agree more. I mean, he's being selfish. Come on, just pass to the players that we need to score points. I mean, it's not that hard. It's like these players don't care about our fantasy football teams, and I'm getting sick of it. If I'm going to protest the NFL for any reason, it's going to be that they don't care enough about my fantasy football teams. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, sir. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> so a few show corrections from last week. We were wrong. The Colts did have a good rusher after Edger and James. Ryan? Forgot about Joseph Adai. I can't believe we forgot about him. I remember I drafted him in one of my first fantasy football drafts I ever participated in, and he had some really good years. So we apologize, Joseph Adai. I know you're listening. Yes. You deserve a shout-out on our show, and we left you out. And I will forever be kicking myself for doing that. So sorry, Joseph. And we also missed something last week. Did Amari Cooper find his swag? He got a little of his swagger back. I mean, I I don't know. I, like We did say that he was going to be a top 25 receiver for the season. But that being said, I mean, he showed potential at last week to maybe get in the top 20. So we could have judged Amari too early. We'll say mediocre swag Amari. Mediocre swag Amari. Doesn't have the same ring to it. But we did say last week one good game doesn't mean he's found his swag. Yeah. So let's move on to this week's. Booms and busts. Let's start with the booms. Ryan, you saw some good games last week. So I was at this game, and I saw Kirk, our boy Kirk Cousins, Dirty Kirk and the boys, start to go off. So we have Stefan Diggs, who went crazy with two touchdowns, 13 targets for nine catches and 128. Two of those being big touchdown catches in a back-and-forth game. I don't know. I was I was very very impressed with Diggs. We we called it last week. We did say he shines in big spots, and he definitely shined brightly. So I was Diggs, you the man. There's no we there. You said that, Ryan. You're right about that. I did the trip, the double stack with Kirk Cousins and Stephon Diggs and Thielen. I had a pretty that was a good lineup. That was a really yeah. Well, good that lineup. would have paid dividends because yeah, Thielen had a touchdown too. He had that clutch touchdown at the end, so or to send it into overtime. What a throw! This is why we got Kirk Cousins, folks, to lead us in the fourth quarter. Yeah, absolutely, uh, eighty-four million dollars paying for itself right now, guaranteed money. He's earning every dime of it, and I don't think Case Keenum pulls that game off. So I think that that's a Kirk Cousins time to shine, <laughs> and that's why we upgraded from Keenum to Cousins. That's a great point. I don't think Keenum does either. Uh, So the second one, we have our boy Big Ben, 452 yards, three touchdowns, and a rushing on top of that. TJ, what did you think of Big Ben? I know you put him in a couple of your lineups. I did put him in a a few of my lineups. I thought him and Antonio Brown and company were going to just air it out against um, Kansas City and Mahomes. They did air it out. Unfortunately, it was after the second quarter. The first quarter they got roasted. What was it, twenty-one nothing or something like that? They were down right away, um, and that's when Big Ben decided um, he's probably not going to listen to the coaches and started <laughs> trusting more on Juju. He needed that Juju magic. You know, Juju's running a lot of snaps out of the s- slot right now. He absolutely is. Nineteen targets last week for thirteen catches. That is crazy. That's. I mean, Brown has had some close to twenty target games in the past, but. What do we think? Is Juju starting to take over the target share of Antonio Brown, or how is that looking? I know we talked about this before the season started, because Juju in the third and fourth round, I think most people got him. Some people got him in the fourth round. That's insane. I think that maybe, you know, you never know. Young guys come in all the time and take people's jobs. Uh, I don't think Antonio Brown's job is getting taken, but Juju might be equal fantasy 
relevance to Antonio Brown now at 30% less. Absolutely. And just remember, guys, Pittsburgh usually runs three wide receiver sets back in the day a lot. Big Ben likes to throw it a lot. Now that they don't have Bell, Big Ben's probably going to throw it a lot more if they're behind. So they technically don't have a third wide receiver at the moment. They have Antonio Brown and Juju, and Big Ben needed to use a tight end. So Jesse James blew up. That was insane. So that was a game where you just had to pick and choose, but... You know, nobody knew who the third wide receiver was because he wasn't really a factor in this yeah. one. Those are tournament winners, the triple yeah. stack. So the next boom is my boy, Fitzmagic. I loved the press conference wearing Deshaun Jackson's clothes. Uh, <laughs> is he going to be able to keep it up? That I don't know. I, I know that Jameis Winston might not have a job when he comes back from his suspension, though. Yeah, That's a fair point. I think... Uh... I mean, you see what Fitzpatrick, you can't bench somebody doing that well. And Deshaun Jackson even said in an interview, he said he's got the hot hand. It's just like he said, I think he went back to old school NBA jam. If you're on fire, you don't bench (laughs) someone when they're on fire. And until Fitzmagic goes out or at least fizzles a little bit, I think they're going to keep rolling him. You think Fitzmagic's going to fizzle this week? At home, Monday night against Pittsburgh. So here's my thoughts on it. The over-under over-under for the game, I'm pretty sure, is in the 50s. Um, We can double-check that. It's projected to be a shootout, and I can honestly see it being a little bit of a trap game. I mean, when you have two players who performed this well the last week, defensive game plans are going to be strategized. Both teams are going to go into over to, or overdrive to try to stop the other team. You also have they also have a an extra day for game planning being a Monday night. So I don't. I can see this being a game that's more like twenty-four to twenty-one and actually hitting the under. It just. It seems what's going on right now with their production just doesn't seem sustainable to me, and can continue to go. So I have a feeling this could be a trap game, but there's also the uh, the chance that it could be, you know, multiple, you know, three, four touchdown game for each quarterback too. It's just. It's so unpredictable. And I'm going opposite here. I think it's going to be a dumpster fire of points. Pittsburgh. Ever since they lost Ryan Shazier, Shazer. They haven't been very good. They're three, three and one. I, I believe was the statistic I saw. When when they had them, that was when they were a really good football team. And their defense, they suck. Come on, they're not good. They're giving up. They gave up forty points last week to KC. Five touch, six touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, six. Fitzpatrick is double as good as Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't believe that. Yeah, no, and I hear what you're saying, and on paper, it's such an attractive game, and don't get me wrong, I'm definitely going to have some shares of it in DFS, and I'm going to be starting Big Ben in the season-long leagues that I have him in, but it's tough for me because I just don't see, it just, you see games like that, usually they don't follow the same suit. I mean, I, I see you could say the same thing about Fitzmagic two weeks in a row, but I feel like everything has to regress back to its median eventually. And this could be a game. You have two quarterbacks that way overperform their, their potential ceiling. I think regression could take place. So I just say tread carefully in this game. But I think it's still, there's definitely potential there. Very well put, Ryan. I will consider that, but probably ignore it. Because I think we're hitting 50 points total at least. If you had to bet the over or under, what would you take? 54. So I would actually take the under slightly in this. I think... It's not, like I said, it's it's a tough game to predict, so I probably wouldn't bet it either way just because Monday night and everything like that. But if I had to make a decision, I'd probably go under. So we had some busts last week. I will start first with my boy Smash McGee, Rob Gronkowski. I love the guy. 
He put up a stinker. Two for what, 20 yards, 15 yards? 15 yards, yep. Makes me want to puke. <laughs> and you did reach for him in our draft. In <laughs> Third round isn't a reach. I guess that's not in a PPR. No, that's probably a fair pick to take there. But, yeah, he definitely didn't carry your team to the promised land, did he? No, and I've grown accustomed to watching him smash each week. <laughs> But this week it just didn't happen, and I guess that's... Well, he kind of smashed, but instead of having his normal, like, sludge hammer, he had that little kid's hammer that makes the swinging noise <laughs> instead. So, Ryan, being that you have a lot of stock invested in Smash McGee, do you think he picks it back up, or do you think this is a downward trend for our friend here? Well, I wouldn't bet against Smash McGee. Not now, not ever. You just have to pick your spots with Mr. McGee, in daily fantasy especially. Regular fantasy football... He's a, your lock, tight end for this season. No one has his ceiling as a tight end, except for maybe Kelsey now. That being said, uh, no, I, I don't think this is a trend that we're going to see continue. I agree, and I think next week in Detroit will be interesting. I think that's a good defensive matchup, too. So he might be someone that I target in DFS, still researching it a little more. But next bust we have is a running back that you probably took in your drafts, probably in the top four or five, David Johnson. 48 rushing yards and one catch for three yards. So very, very poor game from David Johnson. Ew. So one thing about... (laughs) Yes, yes. One thing about him is I think people are just... He's not being used the way people thought he would this year. I mean, Bradford is just a shit show. (laughs) We got rid of him, got a nice, you know, pick for... Extra draft pick for him or letting him go to free agency. But, yeah, I just don't think he's – they're just not using him the way that I thought they would. And I think he bounces back. I think he's going to get the volume that you would expect or at least closer to. So I think he's a player that bounces back. But he might barely finish in the top 10 this year. He might not be the top three or four running back he was projected to be. But that being said, we have one other player who you probably took in the first round of your drafts that also underperformed. ODB. TJ, what did you think about his performance last week? Last week was terrible. Absolutely terrible. But facts are facts. And six out of the past seven games, the Cowboys have held ODB under 100 yards. So Mm. that proves you that whenever you go against them, you may want to put them... I mean, you're not going to bench them. Let's face it. Season-long league, you're going to play them. But maybe for for dailies, you're going to look elsewhere. Do you think he picks it up, or is this the ODB that we have now? He's definitely not going to break his ankles. He's going to break other ankles, possibly this coming up week against Houston. I think he's going to come back strong. He's, he's going against corners who are over 32 years old, both of them. <laughs> and ODB is still in his prime. He's under 30. He's yeah, they signed him to a lot of money and Saquon Barkley. Now if they could just fucking use them correctly. Well, you got good Manning over there. <laughs> Your punchable boy Eli. Face, punchable face Eli. <laughs> punchable face Eli. Can he lead them to victory? Can he help them get those delicious fantasy points? How I many just, years do you think Eli has left playing? I thought negative one, but <laughs> I mean, that's just my. So he should have quit years ago. Yeah. He just you gotta have the heart to play. And he just looks like he's has a wet fart coming out. I mean, always <laughs> wet fart face. I think him and Joe Flacco are probably the two guys that. That if they do retire or leave, they may not. They may look good as a backup QB position, but I'm pretty sure their glory days are over. Oh yeah, that moves us over to waiver wires this week. Ryan, any any hot picks for us this week? 
So there's some obvious ones that you might get lucky enough to still see on your waiver wire. So you have Austin Eckler, Kenny Galladay, some of those big names, but more than likely they're gone. One that just emerged this last week, though, and might still be on or on your waiver wire, would be Corey Clement. So you have Sproul still not practicing, and it's Thursday right now. You have Jay Ajayi a little banged up. Last week, Clement got in the end zone. Six targets, I think six rushes. Ajayi's going to handle the majority of the rushes if he's playing, but Clement can be a good change of pace back. So I would say with... I would say if he's on your waiver wire and there's a decent chance he might be because he just is emerging off the one good game, he's somebody you got to grab. He's not available in any of my leagues. Really? My one league, I, I should say. Is he well, available that, in any of yours? So, no. So that's a good point. Um, I am in some pretty competitive leagues, so people tend to snatch people pretty quickly. So if you want to go a little deeper, um, he's also coming off a good game, but I think there's maybe with receivers there tends to be more availability than a running back who's in a really good spot. So you got you got Boyd for Cincinnati, went off last week, nine targets, I think he got six catches for like 91 and a touchdown. Really good game. They're going against Carolina this week, who has done pretty good against the receiver, but it also, game script could dictate that it's close and they have to pass a decent amount. So I don't know, and Dalton seems to have a good connection with Boyd, so. Red Rocket. Yeah. He's having a good season so far. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, AJ Green loves catching touchdowns. He does. If help. he's available on your waivers, pick him up. <laughs> AJ Green might, he might still be there. 100 FAAB dollars here. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. TJ, any uh, waiver warriors you like? I do like this rookie, Calvin Ridley from Hotlanta. Oh, yeah. His target share has been increasing for the past couple weeks. Week one, he only had two targets. Week two, that's where he exploded. Five targets. He caught four of them, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Certainly is an increase. That's one better than Julio Jones so far, folks. (laughs) Julio is, like, allergic to touchdowns. He just doesn't get them. I like both of those takes. I think if I'm someone, I am after Jake Butt. (laughs) <laughs> I like his chances to sneak in a touchdown here the next couple of weeks. I don't know. I just wanted to say Jake Butt. So, um, And then one other person I'll throw in. I don't think he's going to do better than Jake Butt. I mean, that's an elite take right there. But a lot of people have dropped Josh Doxson. And I know last week he's coming off seven targets. His matchups, he goes against Green Bay at home. Then he has a bye. Then he goes against New Orleans. So both of those defenses tend to give up a lot of fantasy points to wide receivers. So if you want someone for maybe a fill-in for just a couple weeks, might not be a season-long ad, but someone for good spot starting, I think Doxon could be a good pick as now well. I have a question for you, Ryan. I'm in a real tight defensive spot in my one fantasy league I'm playing in. I have New Orleans. I think they're droppable at this point. They're just not looking very good. They relied too much on turnovers last year. Who would you add on the waiver wire for defenses? We have Dallas, Seattle, Cincinnati. Ugh. Uh, defenses aren't that strong, and I don't necessarily want to give you advice since we're in that league together, but I would look at matchups. So who do we have? Dallas is playing decent defenses here. I actually dropped Dallas this last week. I started them, and then I started you dropped them? I dropped them last week. I started them against the Giants, and then I dropped them to pick up Cleveland to start tonight. Because they seem to only do well against the Giants or division rivals, and that's about it. I'm a big believer in spot-starting defenses based on matchup. Unless you have an elite one, like right now, I mean, the Eagles, Jaguars, Vikings, they're probably plug-and-play. But besides those, I think you have to spot-start defenses. So I would look at matchups and go based on what you think. I also like home defenses as well. 
Oh, I, do. I do too, Ryan. All right, <laughs> not just you. I like home defenses too, guys. Uh huh. That brings us to our next segment here: the DFS plays of the week. Let's start with quarterback here. We have a lot of high-scoring totals here. We have a lot of good quarterbacks at home. Who do you like this week? Who do you think is going to be the top-scoring quarterback? First of all, right. That's really tough. I've been looking at this, and there's a lot of good matchups. A lot of you know, good quarterbacks playing at home, like you mentioned. Based on trend and just going off and being in a good spot at home, it might be Mahomes. It really might be. He's, I think he might be the most expensive quarterback on FanDuel this week now after what he did this last week and what he's been doing for the season. Ten touchdowns in two games. That's bananas. I don't think anybody else or any other team has the defense to really compete with Kansas City. The past two weeks, they've just started airing it out, and nobody seems to to be able to to keep them under control. No. So I think this week with San Fran, they're not going to be able to keep it under control, and Jimmy G's going to be grappling, <laughs> <laughs> grappling Jimmy G. Uh, I also like Garoppolo here in this spot. Just picking that. Opposite side of the high-scoring totals to save a little bit of money. But I think you have to have some Mahomes, especially in cash games. Yeah, for sure. And another one, if you want to pay down a little bit of quarterback to fit the bigger players, you have Deshaun Watson, who's still underpriced, 7700 at home against the Giants. And I think their D is a little suspect. I know Deshaun Watson hasn't really had that blow-up game yet, but I think, I think it's coming. I mean, you saw what he did last year. We know the potential. We know who he has for receivers. And... This is probably something that I'm going to have a good amount of ownership with with DFS as really? well. Really? Yeah. I like uh, Cam Newton at home this week against Cincinnati. I just love home quarter- home quarterbacks, especially when they can run. And I think Newton already has over 100 rushing yards yeah. this year, and he's priced pretty reasonably at 8300 Otherwise, man, I love this spot for Andrew Luck if he was at home. Yeah. I think he'll still get some points on the road at Philly, but if he was at home... Damn, I would really like him. What about the other side of that game? No more Big Dick Nick, right? <laughs> That's true. Carson Wentz is cleared to play week three, which is a big, big deal. He's underpriced because he hasn't played a game yet. Here's here's my thing. With him, I think that's a good high-ceiling play. I think he's a good tournament play. I don't necessarily know when I put him in cash because his first came back. He hasn't played in almost a year. He hasn't really had a lot of time to practice. And Indy, or in Indianapolis, D has actually played decently well the first couple weeks so he's somebody that i think would be a good tournament play but i wouldn't put him in cash yeah it's coming back a year off you're right seems like a tough call but you know he's carson Wentz. you know at home i wonder if he's gonna run less now that he's got a fucked up knee that could be too i mean there's a lot of variables to consider i'd like to see him play a game or two before i started considering him a viable cash game quarterback but i think you take a couple shots on the tournament with him he probably won't be with all the good quarterback options right now he probably won't be that highly owned so if you get him and he's in a blow up he ends up being in a blow up spot and exposes indies d that might be a tournament something that projects you to the front of tournaments you have to pick one quarterback that's going to score the most points in that game luck or wentz who do you choose very good question. I think because he's at home, I'm going to go with uh, Wentz. What about you, DJ? I'm going to bet my luck on Luck. <laughs> Just because of the fact that Wentz is going to be a little rusty, and Luck, he's got that he's got the shoulder working out for him, um, and he seems to be able to air it out well. And the past two weeks has, 
has been he's kept it close and you know he's kept Indianapolis competitive. He does have that firepower, so so that's good. Outdoors at the link, it's gonna be a tough game. I also am gonna bet luck here. Fair. On the less expensive end of the QB spectrum, I love Trubitsky this week. The reason why I like him this week is he's going against Arizona. And going against Arizona, I think he's going to be able to to air it out. They're going to be able to take control of the game. He doesn't have to do too much, but for the low end, I mean, hopefully you can expect around 15, 20 points from him. Hopefully no interceptions. And you know that Chicago defense is going to own Bradford. <laughs> oh, God. I, he shouldn't have a job anymore. I Actually, this is a good segue to running back because – I'm kind of high on Jordan Howard to finally sneak in a touchdown this week. He's due. It's been two weeks. Who do you like for running backs, Ryan? So if we're looking at probably the chalk plays and the, the players that we think are going to get the most volume. So I'm going to mention a couple value running backs I like. So in order to get to these higher-end quarterbacks and high-potential, high-cost receivers that we're going to talk about later... You might. This might be a week to actually pay down a little bit at running back, considering some of the matchups for the higher end running backs or the top tiers. So I like first. I like Dalvin Cook, only sixty five hundred. So really good value there. He's at home against Buffalo. The only concern is game script might mean um, more for you know less time for Dalvin Cook if they get up by a lot of t- or a lot of points. But I think he's still going to get his target share and his volume early in. And at only $6,500, really strong potential for a touchdown, I think he could blow up. Well, last week I said target everyone playing the Bills, and I was very high on Melvin Gordon. Same thing this week. Whoever starts for the Vikings if, is going to get some points. I don't know if, it, if uh, Cook is going to start because he's a little injured or if they get up and they sit him and if it's Latavius Murray. I just think that you got to start all your players against the Buffalo Bills because they're the fucking worst. Absolutely. No, and I couldn't agree more with that. Another person, I like, I mentioned him on the waiver wire, hot take, even though he's probably like 95% owned at this point, but Corey Clement, so 5,800. So you have to watch out, check and see if uh, Sproles is going to play. As of right now, it looks like he probably won't. If Sproles doesn't play, even if Ajayi does, I still think it's a decent spot for Clement at that price point. Um, So those are two really, those are two value plays that I really like. And that will allow you to pay up for you know the quarterbacks like Mahomes. Otherwise, get into those higher tier receivers. How about you, TJ? Well, I have a question for you, Ryan, regarding value plays. There's two other running backs who are good value this week. Gio Bernard, 6,400 with Joe Mixon out. Yeah. And you're also looking at Chris Thompson on Washington, who I feel that um, going against Green Bay, they may be playing from behind, so they're going to use Chris Thompson a whole lot. And he could be potentially getting a, a lot of passing and, and touchdowns. So Chris Thompson's also at 6,500. So between those two guys, who do you like, Ryan? So between those two, that's a that's a good thought process. I would say, and it's got to depend. So one thing you got to consider anytime you're playing DFS is difference in cash and tournament play. So cash, you try to make the safest play and the person that's going to be guaranteed the most volume. That being the case, so cash, probably Geo. But Chris Thompson, because of the guaranteed plays and the higher, or you know, the plays like Gio Bernard or Clement getting that extra target share, Tom or Thompson might be a good pivot. So I think that he actually could be a good tournament play because for the same, essentially the same price point as Gio, a lot lesser on. If he blows up and Gio has a moderate game, you could put yourself in a position to 
separate from the field. I gotta say something about Chris Thompson here. Do you know how many receptions he had last week? How many? Thirteen. I did not realize on it was fourteen that targets. On fourteen targets. That is crazy. Hot fantasy take, TJ. That's a lot of targets. Wow, that and, might lead the week. And Alex Smith loved his running backs. We all know that. Yeah. Well, they have Adrian Peterson too. That's true. But when they're playing from behind, AP is not going to be all day. No, he's going to be all goal line. <laughs> AP, that's all he's going to do, and they're going to dink and dunk to Chris Thompson. I don't know if I'd put money on it though, but. You can't argue with 13 receptions for 92 yards. That is crazy. Wow. So this is a great week to go mid-tier or not pay up for running backs, but if you do want to reach on that high end, I really like Alvin Kamara's spot here. Hot take, I know, but it's a divisional game. It's turf stadium. I really I think he's got a chance to do what Todd Gurley did last week and get two total touchdowns. Gurley got three, but I think Kamara could get two here. I also like Melvin Gordon. I think that they're going to be doing a lot of small passes to him, and I think he's got a good chance to score some good points. Uh, wide receivers now. Yeah, so wide receivers, you have some interesting spots here. Um, I would say we talk about that divisional shootout game, and I know you were really high in this. We talked about it off air. Don't take my guy. Take the opposite end of that, and I'll take my boner boy, Michael Thomas, who I have been high on in my season-long leagues and DFS, and he helped me rake in a really good, strong week one. So I'll go with that opposite end of that game. I think that game is going to be, a, like you said, a divisional shootout. I think both or both quarterbacks are going to be airing it out. I could see easily 10-plus targets for Michael Thomas on the back end, so I'll go with him at nine grand, And I'll segue to you for your obvious receiver. Ted Ginn Jr. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he could score a touchdown. Anybody could in this game. But I have to say I like Julio Jones's shot to actually score a touchdown this week at home. I mean, if he scores one in every three games, that'll be, what, five touchdowns on the year? So I think this is a week where he has some touchdown progression and finally sneaks one in. TJ, any wide receivers you really like this week? I'm really eyeing that Green Bay and Washington game, and I really like Devonta Adams in that game. I think Aaron Rodgers pretty annoyed this week, last week that he had to tie the Vikes, so I think this week he's going to try to air it out, get that V under his belt, and reclaim that championship um, Aaron Rodgers thing that he does with his waist. The belt. The belt thing. Oh, yeah. The championship belt. Championship belt. Yep. So he's going to reclaim that role. He's going to air it out to Devonta Adams. Um, and he's just going to put them up real fast. And I think him and Alex Smith might have some sort of a some sort of a competition going on because they were drafted in the same year. But Aaron Rodgers, Alex Smith went first round. Aaron Rodgers went like. Fifth and I heard or something. they both wanted that State Farm job, and Aaron Rodgers did not. <laughs> <laughs> I have no validity in that statement, but I could see Alex Smith repping insurance or something. Yeah, just the lower end. What's um, the general? Oh, yeah. Go to the general and save some time. Just saluting afterwards. He can definitely handle that. And that brings us to the lower-tiered wide receivers. Who's one low-tier wide receiver you like, Ryan? So when we talk about a value quarterback, usually they're paired up with a value wide receiver, somebody who's underestimated. I like Allen Robinson, so I really like his target share that he's been getting with Trubitsky. And I think he's a pretty reliable receiver. I mean, he didn't. He was that reliable receiver over in Jacksonville, and I think he's going to be kind of a safety blanket along with Trey Burton for Trubisky. And in a game where they're playing a 
pretty bad team. I could see him starting to blow up. I could see that as well. A lower tier guy for me. This is tough. I have to go with my dude, Kenny Stills. I think he's going to get a touchdown this week against Oakland. He's still their number one wide receiver, and even though he only got three targets against the Jets, I think they were up that entire game. They didn't really need to use him. Oakland should give them a little bit better run for his money. We'll see if medium swag Amari can pull through and give Oakland a lead. I just I don't believe in Derek Carr. Call me crazy. <laughs> or Ryan Tannehill, for that matter. But I think Kenny Stills is their number one wide receiver. And speaking of targets, Allen Robinson last week, 14 targets as well. So if that target share keeps up, I think that, especially for $6,500, that's what you look for in a value receiver. High volume equals high production generally. A lot of value this week on every position. TJ, one more value guy? One more value guy sticking to my wide receivers and the Green Bay game. In Washington game, I love Geronimo Allison or Cobb. Cobb's at 6,100. First game against the Bears, he had 10 targets. Second game against the Vikes, he had 6. So I think this game, him and Geronimo Allison are probably going to get their fair share of 6 to 8 targets or 6 to 10 targets. One of them's going to blow up. You pick your poison. Which one's blowing up? I don't know, but TJ's turning into a Green Bay fan. It's really pissing me off. (laughs) It's not that. They have a good... They have a, a. They need to win this week. They know Minnesota has a better chance of winning against Buffalo. So I believe that Green Bay feels like they have to win against Washington this week, and they're going to have a tough, a much tougher matchup. That could be a trap game. I mean, Washington, they've been playing the best football, but they're still a good team. No, oh, absolutely. And they're at home, so I think Washington might squeak out a win here and beat Green Bay. I'm really hoping for it. It's low total, though, 45. Now, the next position has been pretty difficult to read this year. There hasn't been a lot of action for tight ends. Uh, this week, we have a few good matchups. Uh, noticeably, Zach Ertz. He could be in a blow-up spot against Indianapolis, especially with his boy Carson Wentz coming back. I think he'd probably be my tight end. Who do you like this week, Why? I think... Because you can afford value other places, I think I'd pay up a little bit more. And I think I'm going to probably own a lot of Kelsey or Gronk this week. Kelsey at home against San Francisco coming off a strong game. Then you have Gronk going against Detroit, needing to bounce back. You know, Smash McGee doesn't want to use that squeaky hammer anymore. He wants to bring out that (laughs) sledgehammer again. He wants to smash. He wants to smash. So I think in majority of my lineups, I'm actually going to be paying up for tight end because I think you can find enough value elsewhere to actually fit them into your lineups. Kelsey, man. Mahomes, so good. Ten touchdowns. He's at home this week. Man, I like that hot fantasy take of Travis Kelsey a lot. TJ, who do you like this week at tight end? This week at tight end, I love me some Austin Hooper in Atlanta against New Orleans. I think Austin Hooper is going to do really well. Matt Ryan's Probably going to air it out. Drew Brees is going to air it out. They're both in a dome. Both teams play really well in a dome. Um, So I think Austin Hooper is going to be my tight end of this week. Now, I gave someone some Twitter advice last week that says drop Matt Ryan. He's not good. He's never been a fantasy viable quarterback. Well, last week he scored, what, five (laughs) fucking touchdowns? Two rushing? Two rushing. Egg on my face, but still. I think he he was asking if he should drop Mahomes for Matt Ryan. Or Matt Ryan for Mahomes, and I said, yeah, drop Matt Ryan. 
So, I mean, still a good trade-off. And, yes, you're right. Matt Ryan is one of those fantasy quarterbacks that usually gets 16, maybe 20 points as a ceiling. I haven't seen a 30-point game for Matt Ryan since... We had bets on this last year. Yeah, right. I think we did too, yeah. And you know Matt Ryan's looking across that locker room at Julio Jones and going, who's the highest-paid player on this locker room? Who's the highest-paid player? <laughs> I think Matt Ryan's in for a good spot this week. But last, last year, these games didn't hit the over once. The year before, they were blowout spots. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get this year. And all I know is that I think Julio's due for a touchdown. Now Austin Hooper. TJ's hanging with Mr. Hooper this week. Hanging with the hoop. so defense now a couple of options are just screaming off the board for me I'm going to go first because this is my favorite football team I like him even more than you do Ryan I don't think that's true but I do like the Vikings this week at home simple reason they're going against Buffalo Bills Buffalo Bills suck they're probably what would be 0-16 this year uh Fire up your Vikings defense. At home, I don't think Josh Allen has a chance. I totally agree. I think there's going to be... I think we're going to go after him with the pass rush. I think he's going to make a lot of mistakes and get flustered. I was listening to um, a take of somebody that they were saying that he's very bad at looking in multiple directions and he tends to fixate. So I think our corners are going to totally take advantage of that. I can see two or three turnovers easily in that game, multiple sacks. And that's what you want with the fantasy defenses, so I, that's probably the number one defense this week. Another one, if you want to pivot from them, or maybe save a little money, I think if you want to, home defense is usually good, so a good pivot because Vikings defense will probably be highly owned. Jaguars at home versus Tennessee, they're kind of beaten up, so that could be a pivot. And if you want to save a little money, and you're all about that value, as we tend to be here at sneaking it in, uh, you got the Bears D going against Arizona. That's a way, so they're on the road. But, I mean, Cleo Mack is just, that dude is unstoppable. Like, I, I don't even know what to say at this point. I still can't believe the Raiders traded him. And then John Gruden this week said, it's hard to find good pass rushers. Well, no shit, John. <laughs> I just let Khalil Mack go, and he's beasting out for Chicago. Yeah. What are your thoughts this week, Teach? I would agree with you guys. I like Chicago's defense a lot against Arizona, especially against Bradford. He's immobile so <laughs> that should be an easy sack for Khalil Mack and company easy sack for Khalil Mack yeah I like it that could be a t-shirt write that down <laughs> I also like Minnesota as well against Buffalo their defense is going to win them that game their offense and Kirk Cousins do not need to do much so maybe they'll just let their two running backs ground and pound and let the defense win it I agree with that and I think the Vikings will probably be at least 25% owned this year this week, and I also like the Ravens at home. Actually, sorry, I hate to get the last word in here, but Ravens at home against Denver. Case Keenum seems to be a little banged up, and also not that good at football. Uh, so I like the chances of Baltimore to do some turnovers, and they're forty three hundred, dirt yeah, cheap. Absolutely, dirt cheap. So this brings us to one of our favorite segments, if not our favorite. Segment. It's my favorite. Yeah, I, I love it too, especially because I am dominating in it so far, year to date. And it's our sneaking it in pick. So, last week... Dominating by taking Quincy and Nunez. it Ryan, definitely taking advantage of the FanDuel pricing. Yeah, that's you got to expose it sometimes. And yes, that was probably a pretty logical pick. And <laughs> But hey, I made it. You guys didn't, so fuck you both. You did. You're up <laughs> the sneaking it in plays this week. Uh, don't forget, you can always tweet us who you think is going to win the sneaking it in 
play of the week, and you'll be entered into the drawing for some dope Oakleys. For sure, for sure. And our Twitter handle is? At Sneaking It In. Find us there. We'll shoot us some fantasy football questions. We're happy to answer it. Uh, and throw shade your way if you suck at fantasy football, I guess. For sure, for sure. So now, so far for our contest, we have myself winning the first two weeks. So that gets me a score of six overall points. T- Ryan barely edged out TJ last Point week. Seven points. Good up, Lindsay. Good <laughs> Lindsay in the building. So Ryan got two points for second, putting him at three total for the year. And TJ, unfortunately, you know, he just couldn't pull it off and got one point, putting him at three total. So starting to see separation. We're starting to see <laughs> what the true fantasy minds at work here. And I'm just really excited for their competition for second place to see what their uh, punishment's going to have to be. And I think that this week... I'm going to win. I've got a strong feeling about my pick that I haven't figured out yet. <laughs> but I'll get there. And it's going to beat your well-thought-out pick. Why don't you start us off, Ryan, since you're the winner? So I'm going to go a little bit safer. So I think there's some high-ceiling plays. But in thinking about it, I want to go with you know this the safer floor play. Somebody who I think is going to get a good amount of target share, even though Aaron Jones is coming back this week. So I know we've been talking about a lot of Packers, even though the game is potentially low-scoring. I don't like trying to dart throw at a receiver. I don't like trying to do that game because you never know what's going to be. One person you can count on for a decent volume, though, I think is Jamal Williams. So 5500 so just at the cusp of the sneaking it in price point. And I think he's going to see 15 touches. So he's going to get the ball at least 15 times. And for that price point, you got it. You know that there's a high floor there. So I'm going to play it a little safe this week with my play and just say, you know what, Jamal Williams... Give me a solid 10 points, and that's going to bring home a sneaking in win for the third week in a row. Well, Ryan, I'm here to knock you off your pedestal because fuck Jamal Williams. I'm going my boy Latavius Murray. I think this is the week where he sneaks in a touchdown, especially if Dalvin Cook doesn't play. I really like my chances if he doesn't play. With my luck, though, Jamal Williams will get two touchdowns. And 10 catches. I like the Latavius Murray pick, especially with game flow. Because even if Dalvin plays and they're up by three touchdowns in the third quarter, they could put Latavius in and he gets some garbage time work. So, no, I think that's a good pick as well. So, I, we could have a good running back battle this week. I actually kind of hope you win because I'd rather the Vikings outperform the Packers. I mean, I think they're going to. They play the Buffalo Bills. The no, Vikings 100%. are looking like a legit championship team right now. They just got to do some things. Oh, yeah, knock on wood. I'm a Minnesota fan. I, you got to hit the field goals first. How about that? <laughs> if they can hit field goals throughout the year consistently, then I think they got I'm a chance. I'm so excited for Dan Bailey's premier game. Oh, God. Pay the man. Yeah, if they if we could still pick kickers in FanDuel, I would start him in every lineup, just 100% across the board. Build around Dan Bailey. Yeah. TJ, you got a sneak in and in pick for us? You lost last week. I know. As a third <laughs> and last place person, I think I'm going to win this week. With my pick, Calvin Ridley, Atlanta, second wide receiver. I believe he took Muhammad Sanu's place because Sanu's getting too old or something like that. Anyways, Calvin Ridley's beast. He's younger, and he's going to make his name well-known and uh, hopefully be the Juju Smith-Schuster of this week. I think there already is a Calvin as well-known, and that is the great Lions wide receiver, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, man, I miss that dude. The, he retired. Like, the Lions do that to other players. Barry Sanders could have had like five more years. He's like, you know what, I'm done. Can't be a Lion anymore. Then you have Calvin Johnson. Probably still had three or four good years left, and he's like, 
I just can't do it. I don't want to be a lion. <laughs> like, I can't fault these guys though. The amount of hits you're taking and yeah. the quality, your quality of life goes down. Like the years you play, as old as like the older you get, the more you get hit. I can't imagine what it's like to be Brett Favre right now. I'd be shocked if he wasn't addicted to painkillers again. <laughs> oh, what? That's not a joke. I mean, it's not, but it's. Why are you laughing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Ryan's an asshole that laughs at Brett Favre's pain. Not really laughing at his pain, just more his mannerisms and the way he carries himself, to be fair. I'm not a big Brett Favre guy. He had those two seasons for the Vikings, but throwing that interception was just a real dick move. I know, fuck him. Dude, that was not cool. Not cool. What was worth that or Blair Walsh's missed field goal? I think because of that was to go to the Super Bowl, I think it was the interception. Definitely, yeah. but shout out to people who sat in that minus 20 degree game to watch Blair Walsh miss a 20 yard field goal. That fucking sucks. Props. That about does it for us here. Week three, Sneak It In Fantasy Football. Don't forget to hit us up on our Twitter, at Sneak It In, and our Instagram, at Sneak It In. Make sure you do the Sneak It In contest, because you can win. Some free Oakleys. I mean, that's some pretty damn good value right there. <laughs> Great value. So, guys, all i got to say is happy football and have a good week. Let's go out there and make some quan. <laughs>